It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my thriller of a co-host, the maven of the macabre, the most beautifully gruesome girl I know, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Today is February 22nd, 2021, and you are listening to the 202nd edition of the Late Night Fright, the show that likes their horror movies thrilled, chilled, and with more than just a little blood spilled. We want to extend a warm, cozy corner welcome to all of you out there, wherever you may be, and we would especially like to welcome any spooked specters, astral travelers, or alien envoys who may be tuning in or here in the studio with us. Faith, we've been at this a little while now, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've covered some big names in horror, haven't we? We have. We've talked about Boris, Bella, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr., Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Robert England. Some pretty gruesome gentlemen. Gruesome. There's one we haven't gotten to yet, and I'm glad to announce we are getting to him tonight. Faith, who are we spotlighting on this fine evening? The thriller himself, Mr. Vincent Price. And we have two films on the slab for all, you all this evening. What is up first? First, we have 1953's House of Wax, the film that made him a horror icon. Price plays a disfigured wax sculptor who populates his museum with murder victims. Ooh. Ooh, and how can we possibly follow that up? With 1973's Theater of Blood, co-starring Diana Rigg, Price plays Shakespearean actor Edward Lionheart, a man who silences his critics by murdering them. Ooh. Ooh. Two films from one legendary star. I think we might be doing something right. Stay tuned for a vintage commercial featuring tonight's star, Vincent Price. I am Dan. I am Faith. You are listening to The Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are so glad you're here. We'll see you on the other side. Like me and enjoy the mysterious and the unexpected. You'll love the enchanted world. A fascinating new series from Time Life Books about the legends, myths, and folk tales of ages past. These are the books that let you fly along with those unlucky spirits condemned to haunt the world of the living. You'll find yourself in a world where valiant warriors battle fearsome dragons and scaly creatures snatch away beautiful maidens. Each volume brings to life so vividly those inhabitants of the other world. 
witches and wizards, ghosts, goblins, and avenging knights. Call now and enter the enchanted world with the first book, Wizards and Witches. <laughs> My favorite subject. It's an intriguing account of sorcery, spells, and deception. Other books include ghosts, fairies, and elves, and dragons. Painstakingly researched by the editors of Time Life Books, each volume is exquisitely illustrated and portrayed with masterworks of art. Each volume is superbly written and bound in luxurious fabric. Only remember, once you're lured into the enchanted world, there's no telling where your imagination will take you. <laughs> to order your first book, call now, 1-800-453-3900. It will be sent to you free for 10 days. Keep it and pay just $14.95 plus shipping and handling. Others will follow about one every other month. Keep the ones you want. Cancel any time. So call 1-800-453-3900. Hey, Faith, did you know that Andre de Toth, the director of House of Wax, was blind in one eye? I did not. Which is kind of funny since the movie was shot and released in 3D. Could we say he was out of his depth? If that's how you're going to be, I'm going to need another cup of coffee. Stay tuned for the vintage trailer from House of Wax. We'll see you on the other side. of Wax, the ultimate dimension in terror, comes to the screen in Stereo Vision 3D. Vincent Price at his diabolical best will take you room by terrible room on a journey to the ultimate chamber of horrors. Stereo Vision 3D will synthesize before your eyes the terrifying reality of it all. In Stereo Vision 3D, House of Wax. Vincent Price had appeared in 1939's Boris Karloff film Tower of London and in 1940's The Invisible Man Returns as a title character, but it was 1953's 3D extravaganza House of Wax, a remake of 1933's Mystery of the Wax Museum, that properly established him as a horror movie star and an icon in the genre. Directed by the one-eyed wonder Andre de Toth from a screenplay by Crane Wilbur, House of Wax stars Price as Henry Jared, a disfigured sculptor who populates his new museum with murder victims. Ooh. Co-starring alongside Price are Frank Lovejoy as Lieutenant Tom Brennan, 
Phyllis Kirk as Sue Allen, the future Morticia Adams, Carolyn Jones as Kathy Gray, Paul Paserni as Scott Andrews, and in a silent performance as Igor, we have Mr. Charles Bukinski. Faith, he's better known to movie audiences as Charles Bronson. Some could say he had a death wish. House of Wax was a massive hit for Warner Brothers, and although reviews at the time were mixed to negative, the film has been reassessed and lauded for its atmospheric eeriness and the creepy, chilling presence of Vincent Price. House of Wax revitalized Price's career and made him in demand as a fiendish villain. In 2014, the movie was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. And for my money, that is the highest honor a film can receive. Tonight, we will be scoring House of Wax in the following categories. Overall film, the price to pay, we're going to be looking at Vincent's performance, and creep factor. In lieu of stars, we will be awarding House of Wax mangled, gnarly hands. Faith, you have the honor. What did you think of House of Wax, and how did you score it in the overall film category? I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think it's really good movie, really creepy. I went 3.5, and I was gonna go four on it, and I will tell you why I didn't. Please do. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I felt like the beginning maybe could have been a little different. Like I said, I don't hate it. I feel like it could have maybe started with him already kind of disfigured, and you kind of creep into the window and maybe see some heads or something mm-hmm. and then you kind of get some backstory. I don't know. I, I, I liked the idea of all of that and I wish it kind of would have started. You you just hit the nail yeah. on the head for me. I like the idea of this. I went three. I went three. Something. This is a wonderful, wonderful movie. Oh, this is. is such a gruesome, creep-tastic film this is a wonderful film because this comes out in 53 i want to make sure i get Mm -hmm. the the year correct here 53 so we're we're after the golden age of universal and we're a few years off from hammer Mm -hmm. and vincent price then comes in right there he he fits in that slot right there between universal and hammer and i think he's a great kind of amalgamation of both movements right and I love this movie. There's so much to love in this movie. I can't put my finger on. There's just some things that just aren't working for me. Uh, I think some of it is because of the time and some of it, I feel like uh, they were really making use of those 3d effects and, and more power to them. They, Mm -hmm. this is the, I believe the second film released in 3d or the second big hit in three It's pretty landmark though. in in the 3d, world and uh there's just a few things that just don't don't crack for me but you got that kind of phantom of the opera vibe Mm -hmm. going on with him uh did you realize that was him i did and again i think that's why i kind of i like the idea of the fire maybe not starting at the fire i I get exactly where you're at the idea of maybe like he's creeping around and then you kind of get his backstory throughout it and then it's like ooh, that's creepy and then I just wanted more of that, like yeah. the the stalking and in yeah. people's rooms. I feel like you get it, and then it's kind of like what a wonderful what a wonderful conceit for a horror movie mm-hmm. here. I know <laughs> posing murder victims 
in a wax museum. I think it's a in the more I got to thinking about this when I was watching it, the more it really started getting under my skin. Mm-hmm. It really this one stuck with me for a while after I watched it because it's the 50s, it's the early 50s. There's there is some gruesome stuff in here. I mean, <laughs> they were pushing the boundaries I think of taste, you know, at the time. Yeah. You know, it was made uh, especially with the makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the makeup was very macabre and, and oh, fit yeah. with 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 this tale mm-hmm. that that we were told here. <laughs> It bothered me the more I got away from it, like just how nefarious this this thing is. You I know. know. I'll say this though: what I liked about the movie is there was the conversation that happened in the movie about art and commerce. That is a running thing throughout this. Well, we should, you know, uh, I'm putting up money, so we have to show this, this, and this. And well, but I'm the artist and I want to show this, this and this. So where's the happy middle ground in there? So in that respect, I think that the movie is saying something. And that is a conversation that has been going on (laughs) since the beginning of time is going on today and will be going on tomorrow and forever, forever. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Who knows better, the artist or the or the public? You know, who knows better? I, I, I don't know. Sometimes it depends. Depends. But this was a this it really it's a great atmospheric chilly movie. So <laughs> watching this and I just asked you before this if you had seen the Paris Hilton remake. Have not. Oh wow. Have not. And stayed away on purpose because I had seen House of Wax. <laughs> House of Wax, my my association with this film is is kind of perfect the way that i got introduced to it because it really was a late night movie i -hmm. saw at like two o'clock in the morning i was coming in from something and put on the tv maybe amc when they used to show old movies and put on the tv and they introduced it and and maybe it was robert osborne was one of those guys and they were like now you know the classic 1953 house of wax now i grew up in the 80s and Vincent Price and we're going to talk about it a little bit is probably most famously and rightfully so remembered for the thriller yes. uh, track from Michael Jackson so I'm ashamed to say still to this day I'm not as intimately familiar with his filmography as I should be but he was a pop culture fixture even in the 80s mm-hmm. when I was a kid and so I knew him and knew who he was knew he was in scary movies uh, but had never really seen too many of his movies right. and this may have actually been the first full movie of his that I saw. The first one I saw was the horror of comedy. I think it is with Boris. Yeah. The horror. I watched that one yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty good. But again, I was aware of who he was. It's amazing that you can be that aware of uh-huh. someone in their work, but you've never and really, you, and never really gone into yeah, everything and, you've done. And I was in my early to mid twenties when I saw this. It was around the time the House of Black, the remake, was coming mm-hmm. up. And I sat down. I think at, it was 05. At two o'clock, I'd gotten in. I'd played a show. I had been out of town. I came in from way out of town and was finally. In my room, ready to go to bed, and I watched House of Wax and was completely like engrossed in House of Wax, and and it was like, man, this is macabre. Like this is this is crazy, you know. This is a crazy movie, and I guess they were putting it on television, pimping, you know, the the Paris Hilton. But I just went the long way around and say I stayed away from that movie because I watched this one, and 
you're smart for that. Fell in love with it and <laughs> heard that it had little to nothing to do no. with that. And and this is, you know, at the height of the simple life and, and the Paris Hilton thing. And it was it felt it felt so chinchy to me that they were just slapping the name House of Wax on some and I've seen the original film, the the Mystery of the Wax Museum with Faye Ray, I believe was in it. And that's a wonderful film. This movie does something completely different than that film. And I was like, why are we remake? Yeah, this is when that is all really kicking up. Right. Was that 05 it came I out? I think so. Yeah. And look, this movie is, the 05 remake is literally like another Friday the 13th remake. It's like in the woods. I think one person's getting tortured or something like yeah. tied up in the basement of like a mechanic shop. It's just very like... And that would be right around the time, <laughs> if if my timeline is correct here, we're we're coming out of the slasher uh, rebirth with Scream, mm-hmm. and we're not quite into what I call torture porn, <laughs> you know, with with the Saw films uh-huh. and, and Hostile, and and I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not either. Genre. I'm not either. I think uh, certain aspects can be very effective mm-hmm. with. Within that that type of horror, there's so many blooms on the tree of mm-hmm. of horror. You know, mm-hmm. that's not my go to, and it looked like it was just going to be another one of those. Yeah, it's you know, just be another one of those. Yeah, so watching this and comparing it, it was just like wow. There's this no is, comparison. Right? No, this is right. so much better. Well, speaking of no comparison, let's talk about the star <laughs> at the center of this. The price to pay is the category we're going to be spotlighting. Obviously, our star this evening, Vincent Price. Um, I went four. I went four. I'm going to tell you this. I also went four for the next film, too. So Vincent Price, this is a different energy than we've encountered in these name horror stars. Now, Vincent Price himself, I watched an interview with him on Larry King where he talked about he's a classically trained actor. And what he did was he played it as straight as he could with a little sense of humor and a nod and a wink, you know, that this is all good fun. I actually think that that made it's scarier i you know vincent price and funny enough tonight our two films he's in makeup a lot tonight and i never think of him as a makeup guy i always think of him as just you know him right in that voice that wonderful that voice, voice. I know. that voice that voice just screams pervert there's like there's like a, really there's does. like a, a real perverseness hanging out and i don't mean like deviant i mean just like like there's like this this like thing that only he has that only he has, and I can't I can't do a price impression, but uh, ooh, you know, it's yeah, like it, it's so different than anything. It's so ever. different, and he has this wonderful energy that's so different from Boris and Bella mm-hmm. and and all these other guys, Peter Cushing, Christopher. It's Vincent Price, mm-hmm. and I, I love that we we did this movie uh, that we kind of uh, serendipity because this is the movie that established him as. A real legit right. horror story. And it's all here. Oh, it's yeah. all here. The creep-tastic, stalkery <laughs> nature of it. The the just the guy sitting there saying these chilling things and meaning them, and it's fun and 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 gives you the heebie jeebies, but it's it's so it it's him. And it's all here right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not one that like takes it overly. He doesn't have to go overboard with the creepiness. No. It's just this like the smooth thing that he's doing, it makes it so much creepier, I never, like you said. I never feel like he's putting anything on. Right. You know, um, if he were still around in, in our modern era, now I'm also going back 25 or so years now, 
I could have seen him playing the Beaumont role that Robert England played in like Wishmaster, like mm-hmm. those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of 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 where yep. you know he would have fit in. You know, these yeah. days. Uh, but it, it's so it's it, to, to watch a Vincent Price perform. It, there's nothing like it. There's really nothing <laughs> there really like isn't. it. And uh, I, I think it makes it all the more fun. And mm-hmm. when he was doing the interview with Larry King from 86, he was talking about he didn't think that the slasher films had that sense of humor that, you know, that uh, right. that his films and the, even the Universal films and the Hammer films had a little, you know, even the Dracula films with Chris really have a little bit mm-hmm. of humor and levity to them. And I, I and he thought they were too violent, too. He thought they showed a little too much. So I more power to him. This guy. Knew the genre, so. Okay. But um. Oh, I went four on that. I was just well. about to ask you. It, it's, and, and and the next movie. <laughs> it's it's impossible. It's kind of impossible not to. There's a there's a real theatricality because he is a classically trained mm-hmm. actor, and it's the same kind of thrill I get when I see England doing something mm-hmm. because there's that same kind of kind of perverse glee. I know. You know that's yeah. there, and um, with that said, Vincent Price, by all accounts, was an extremely kind and lovely man i mean he was friends with peter christian and christopher lee they were they were running buddies and they all were very affectionate with one another and what a guy you know i mean the guy had a degree in art history from yale he's also wasn't he like a gourmet cook or something like gourmet gourmet chef chef. (laughs) yes yes picked out uh for sears roebuck picked out like the pieces that they would sell like you know in their catalogs like he he was a real kind of renaissance guy yeah. and, and a, so a cool. kind man by all accounts and, you know, loved the fan. Like it's a running theme with these names and horror. They love the fans. And, uh, he enjoyed the pictures, I think too. Uh, you know, he was in his share of stinkers, but, uh, I think we've got two pretty good ones tonight. I think so. All right. Our final category. Uh, let's see the creep factor. Simple enough. Uh, faith, how many mangled gnarly hands did you award house of wax? I went three and a half. As did I. I think we almost have the same scores here. <laughs> Close. I think, kind of like I said earlier, I wanted more. There was that creepiness with the stalking being in the room. Obviously, it's creepy to turn people <laughs> into wax figures. Yeah. I wanted more of it. I wanted more, more. of. Uh, I wanted more of him in that makeup. Me too. Now I'll say this: the best moment in this film is when Vincent Price's face cracks and mm-hmm. you see the uh disfigured guy underneath and i love the phantom of the opera overtone especially he was even wearing the hat like the phantom wore and he had that big long flowing black uh black cape on mm-hmm. or coat whatever it was was it a was it a cape i think it may have been a cape i think it was it, it felt very much like the phantom of the opera and more power to him um I also want to say before we close up here, uh, Phyllis Kirk playing Sue Allen, who's kind of the final girl. There are moments here where I was not yelling at her that she was, she actually has a moment in this film. And I want to specifically point out a moment in this film that impressed me where she knows she's being followed. She's on the city streets. And what does she do? She takes off her shoes Mm -hmm. so she's not making sound on the concrete and Vincent Price can't hear her, hear her, thus chase her, thus kill her. Yeah, I think I was thinking to myself, thank you. She's clever. (laughs) And she puts it together with the um, Carolyn Jones character, Kathy Gray, her friend Kathy, who is uh, stalked and killed 
by Vincent Price's character and put in the museum. She puts it together that it's actually her. Can we talk about one of my favorite lines in the movie from Please her? Please do. I think she was talking about um, what was the what was the guy's name that she was supposed to marry that she was with the restaurant. Scott. Okay. She, she I think she said, "Yeah, we were supposed to get married, but he hung himself instead." <laughs> but he hung himself instead. Yeah. There, it was just so there's like a wonderfully <laughs> there there there's a wonderfully perverse sense of humor yeah. hanging out in this film. And like I said, it was so funny. This is the movie that really cuz he was a supporting player in films up till this point and this is him playing the lead here. And it's all kind of here from the beginning. And it's just going to get better and yeah. better. And you're going to see it get better in the next film we're going to talk about, oh, yeah. Theater of Blood from 1973, which we're going to have some fun, I think, <laughs> talking about Theater of Blood. This is, this is really, I have some problems with this film that are so minor, but and it's a, really a film of its time. And they're not his problems. Oh, it's not him, yeah. And it, very minor narrative problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to overlook the things they were doing to really enhance or sell the 3D. That's that's fine. Whatever. That's right. fine. Um, this is just a fun movie. It's it's and it's really I feel like an, uh, an essential viewing. I think. Oh yeah, you, I think so. I think if you're a horror hound mm-hmm. uh, or if you're a fan of film history, you need to see this movie. This is an essential movie, and it was deemed essential by the Library of Congress. So, mm-hmm. and again, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, I honestly feel that the highest award. A film can get is to be you know uh, made part of a library of congress mm-hmm. yeah and this is coming from somebody who really doesn't like the government <laughs> not the country the government there's a huge difference huge difference we're not going to go down that road tonight <laughs> sometimes i feel like dill gribble on king of the hill <laughs> i think the government ought to just ban itself let that sink in mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we're going to try and get this show in before the men in black suits <laughs> show up before they send Fox Mulder and Dana Scully to take us away. Faith, do you have anything you'd like to add about House of Wax before we close this up? I think that's it. I think that's it for me. I'm ready for the next movie. (laughs) We are going to tally up our scores. We'll let you know uh, how we, how it fared uh, at the end of the show. We're going to take a very short break. Uh, Stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. We have a classic vintage Vincent Price commercial for you to listen to. And we're going to have a little bit of trivia and then maybe a trailer for Theater of Blood. And when we get back, that will indeed be the film we are talking about. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Don't worry, Bill. I'm not going to let my credit and good name be done in by a damn computer error. Computers don't make errors. What they do, they do on purpose. By now, your name and particulars have been fed into every laptop, desktop, mainframe, and supermarket scanner that collectively make up the global information conspiracy otherwise known as the Beast. you a game called amusingly enough stay alive it's quite deadly to win you eliminate your opponents like this or they eliminate you 
Oh, it's great fun. I'd be happy to teach you how to play, but there's no one left. I'm the sole survivor. Stay alive from Milton Bradley. Faith, Vincent Price really did it all. TV, film, radio. He even has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He appeared in classic films such as The Fly, The Ten Commandments, The House on Haunted Hill, and was even the villain Egghead on the Adam West Batman TV show. He was an art historian and a gourmet cook. But do you know what he's probably best remembered for today? Thriller! Thriller. That's right, he did the famous rap at the end of the Michael Jackson track, and that laugh at the end, that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Does it still scare you? A little bit. I do an impression of it, do you want to hear it? Go. (laughs) I'm out of here. Stay tuned for the theatrical trailer for House of Blood starring Vincent Price and Diana Rigg. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, Dan, it's okay. You can come back. No! Vincent Price always wanted to do Shakespeare on film. Why didn't he? Well, he was typecast because of the horror genre, but you know what? We get the best of both worlds in 1973's Theater of Blood from director Douglas Hickox and writer Anthony Greville Bell. Price stars as Edward Lionheart, a Shakespearean actor who is silencing his critics by murdering them in pretty brutal ways. You want to do it with me, Faith? Here we go. Price considered this to be his finest film, as did his co-star, Dame Diana Rigg. Dame Diana Rigg, who passed away in September of 2020, portrays Edwina Lionheart, Price's daughter. She is most famous for her roles in television's The Avengers as Mrs. Emma Peel. She of the Catsuit fame, and that is a British television series, not a Marvel comic series airing on Disney+. <laughs> she also played Tracy in the James Bond film On Her Majesty's Secret Service. How much of a badass was Diana Rigg? Well, Faith, she got James Bond to marry her. Nice. There you go. Price's Edward Lionheart delivers Shakespeare monologues before dispatching, dispatching his victims. There it is. Like I said, the best of both worlds. Ian Hendry, Harry Andrews, Robert Coote. I like that name. And Milo O'Shea co-star in a film that received generally positive reviews upon its release, with Price's performance being cited as one of his, quote, mellow dramatic best. 
The film was adapted into a stage play that featured Oscar winner Jim Broadbent as Lionheart and Diana Riggs' daughter Rachel Sterling in the role of Edwina. That's sweet. Theater of Blood will be scored in the following categories. Overall film, The Price to Pay. That sounds familiar. I think we did that last film. The Game is Rigged. That's just a clever (laughs) name for... Diana Rick's performance. There you go. And much ado about murder. We're going to spotlight the killings. In lieu of stars, Theater of Blood will be awarded Critics' Choice Awards. Faith, you have the honor. What did you think of Theater of Blood and how many Critics' Choice Awards did you award it in overall film? Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say this is probably one of my favorite movies we've done on this show. I I'm like, a I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna spoil some things here. I gave this fours all across the Me board. Too. Okay, <laughs> good good. We got that out of the way. Well, yeah, let's just go ahead and clear it. So clear let's it uh, all right, let's get into it. What did you think of uh, Theater of Blood? This I had not seen this in a long time, and another late night watch for me way back in the day. So. You you said that House of Wax kind of stuck with you. This movie is the one that kind of stuck with me afterwards, and I was just like, "Wow!" Let's. I want to. I want to take a step back before we really get into the movie because one of the aspects of this movie, really, the two aspects that really make up this film, are the murders and Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and the murders are based on Shakespearean uh, murders that happen within his plays. Play. Mm-hmm. Can we just appreciate for a moment how brutally violent and sadistic? some of these Shakespeare plays are. And I I've, know. I've known this. I studied Shakespeare in college and I admire the hell out of him like so many people do. But um, it, this is not something I read every day. This is not something I think about all right. the time. You know, and I'm not a scholar in Shakespeare. But when this was happening on screen, I was going, oh, yeah. Yeah, that does happen. You know, the, uh, the thing with the pie, with uh, the yes. shepherd's pie, baking the dogs into the pie and what did that remind you of eric cartman with the chili con carne um this is an absolutely wonderful movie that some have called a satire and a comedy and i i get where they're coming from i see this as just a very straight uh brutal gruesome brutal gruesome character study (laughs) in a way what was it that was so compelling about this movie to you yeah it was just i feel like I mean, Vincent Price alone, I feel like he really just grasped this movie and just... The movie, it, it really is his film. It is. And I don't know uh, that anyone else could have played this. Because uh, he's not playing it, like, overly psychotic. And he's not playing it overly campy either. Right. Which Vincent Price could do. Right. I feel like he's playing it, I mean... Even like dressing up in different costumes for each play, I feel like yeah. isn't even like weird. I love that each one is so. There's a. There is a melodramatic yeah. element to this, there's and it's a, a lot of fun. <laughs> what I love about this is that at no time during this film did I feel any sympathy for him, no. <laughs> but also during this film. At no time did I want him to stop what he was doing, <laughs> right. which. Two competing emotions. I was a mess watching this movie. Yeah. I mean what um what I don't think this movie gets enough credit for, and I was looking and I didn't see this mentioned anywhere. Do you know what I see this movie as? What? I see this as a prototype for the slasher film that's gonna yeah. really come into its own next year 
after this movie comes out in 74 with Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, I was watching this going, this is a slasher film. Right. This is a straight slasher film. I know. With a variety. I mean, it really has all the hallmarks of a slasher film. It's an anniversary because he's been dead, mm-hmm. quote unquote, for a year. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's come back. His victims are intended targets. Because remember, that's one of the things that's always an intended target. Right. And he kills in brutally gruesome ways <laughs> and creative ways, too. I was like, this is a slasher film with Vincent Price in it, you know? <laughs> right? And and how scary is, is I that? I know. I love the whole conceit of this movie. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the creative arts and you receive criticism, whatever it is. You could be one of those guys out there who hates his job, his or her job, and that Johnny Paycheck, you know, take this job and shove it is, is what you know, your goal in life. I think everybody has those moments where there's people that they just don't like, that they feel have wronged them. They want to take them out. You know, thankfully in civilized society, we don't do that, but uh, this guy does. And it's a a lot of fun to watch, isn't it? It's uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, let's get, uh, I know we scored at a four, but moving on to Vincent Price's performance, this is really a different performance from house of wax. This is, um, you really hit the nail on the head. He's not unhinged. Right. He's not crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, he's... It's like he is, but he's not all he, at the same yeah. time. It's and it's not like um, he needs these murders to complete him. You know, like... Right. Uh, uh, who was that? I don't remember if it was a movie we did here on the show or if it was a movie I watched recently or if it was possibly like a true crime report or something like it's not like this guy has to kill to get a boner you know right right you know there's there's no like agenda outside if he wants to kill these people you know yeah. and it's not like uh you know <laughs> you know no he does his work and then he moves on to the next one and wonderfully sadistic turn here yeah that like that's what makes it even creepier because it's not this just creepy man just killing just because you know like if if and we go to slasher route, there's not yeah. the indiscriminate killing of teenagers by Jason Voorhees. There's not the uh, uh, targeted killing of weak teenagers who are the sons and daughters of the uh, men and women who burned him, a la right. Fred Krueger, who takes sadistic pleasure in his work. This guy just goes about it uh, with his theatricality, and boom, we're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Run it and and this is his goal and and I love the fact that it's uh, all of this is happening because he can't let a slight go mm-hmm. and maybe if there is a, a deeper layer to this movie it's man let it go <laughs> just let it go you know but also the critics I think are completely wrong on their end too it's kind of again going back to Elm Street two wrongs don't make a right mm-hmm. here they they willfully slighted this guy they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. sliding this guy you know and then he you know willfully murders them <laughs> one by one and very brutal I was, ways. It, it, it had been so long since i'd seen this and i was I actually was surprised by the level of violence in this and and the, the the really gruesome brutality of it especially in like a vincent price film you know and i know he he was in films uh like the uh abominable dr fives you know where he murdered people and very creative ways kind of another pro slasher film made around this time horror movies were leading towards the slasher Mm -hmm. (laughs) film and uh but but you don't you know you look at like something like the house on haunted hill or you look at uh any of his other work you know and not 
quite this level of sadism. Right. In yeah. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. not quite that level of sadism in it. But what a wonderful performance. And I love this movie that you do. Like the horror hound in me is loving the the creativity oh, of know. the kills. That's the, the, it's so unique. Like this movie it's in general unique, is yeah. so unique. So and unique. It's just, it's so cool. The horror hound in me is really enjoying the dark creativity. And mm-hmm. it, it really is. It's a wonderful, wonderful, you know, bit of uh, writing and direction with these kills. And, and they are, they're hard to watch. So not in the torture porn kind of way, but just, it's brutal. I know. The part of me that enjoys wonderful craftsmanship and acting is loving Vincent Price doing all these soliloquies and monologues, you know, and the fact that like all the soliloquies and monologues, you know, are obviously tying into the murder that's about to take place. And the fact that like he's using the plays that they gave him the bad reviews (laughs) on, you know, to, you know, to bring about their destruction. This movie is so wonderfully macabre. It really is. And, and seven, it's a wonderful piece of seventies horror too. It's got that, that seventies horror films, have a feel all unto themselves. I'm mm-hmm. talking about pre 1978 John Carpenter, mm-hmm. with the exception then of Texas Chainsaw is its own thing. But right. but you know you had the Amicus uh, anthology films. You know you, Vincent Price was still doing his thing. Yeah, um, there there's a feeling to mm-hmm. those 70s films, and this has that that feeling that you can only find in like a 70s horror movie because we haven't, as we said. We haven't hit the slasher film yet. We haven't hit that next right. level. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, again, it's just so much fun to watch. That's what, I went the long way around saying this is fun to watch. <laughs> and not to give, like, complete spoiler alerts, but it's like, this movie doesn't take its time. You you meet this, you meet the first person, his wife. They go, he goes straight into this building and thinks he's kicking out this homeless group. And with, then, with police with there. The, yeah, with police there. Yeah. And... I've never seen it, so I'm not really sure where this movie's going at first. And then it's like, he's just getting brutally attacked in like 20 seconds. And I'm just like, what is happening? And then the cop turns out to be him. So yeah. it's like, wow. And, like. and part of part of the fun of this then becomes the mystery element of yeah. it. And you're kind of figuring out and finding out how all this happened. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the problems that you had with House of Wax, the narrative structure, because you get just thrown into it. Mm-hmm. And then you're backtracking through. Right. And that segues very nicely into the next category, which is the game's rigged. Talking about Dame Diana Rigg. Uh, spoiler alert, she is helping him, and she's in disguise for most of the movie. She appears properly about 35 minutes into the movie, but she's actually been in the movie several times mm-hmm. previous, and you didn't realize <laughs> it was her. I didn't put two and two. I, knew, I don't know why I didn't realize it was her. Like I knew it was a woman in disguise, and don't know why i didn't think it was her i have no idea Uh, i'm an idiot (laughs) so diana rigg who um passed away recently at the time of this recording uh we're recording this in february of 2021 she passed away in september of 2020 that was a great loss uh dame diana rigg was one of the great british actresses and um, I'm going to say this when I was a kid and I learned who she was back in the eighties and I saw things she was in like in the sixties, I was smitten with Diana, especially like when I was a teen, I had a, I had a crush on, <laughs> on young Diana Rigg as Emma Peel in the Avengers. She, she wore this uh, leather cat suit. She really brought in that look. Uh, 
I'm a big James Bond fan. The film she's in is wonderful. She's wonderful in it. And there was something about her that is uh, very tough. And she's also very feminine, but not waifish. And mm-hmm. Diana Rigg was this thing unto herself and a really, really striking woman and a brilliant actress on top of it. And the fact, and I was loving it because I love watching her. I've always loved her performances and watching her. And you told me that she got you and you didn't know it was her <laughs> made me. I was like, man, she's probably like looking down on it right now, smiling because you didn't realize it was her. You know what I, I mean? I don't know why I didn't. It's yeah. Like- and uh, I, I think she's absolutely wonderful here. What a, what a, what a, what a dame, you know, <laughs> right? what do you, what do you think? Had, Cause were you familiar with her? Not because really. she's somebody who, I don't know that she ever really worked over here. I, I'm not completely sure on the timeline of I her have career. I've heard her name and seen her yeah. face before, but I wasn't very familiar with her work or anything like that. But no, I really liked her here. I liked her in all of her roles that she was. Yeah. But when you know she she comes out of her disguise at the end, it was like, oh wow, okay, <laughs> right. She's just as brutal, brutal as he is. Like, yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah. I, I, again. She's so good in this, and mm-hmm. she's so good at throwing you off of the scent. And then when you realize, I I had forgotten it was her. And then I I clued in early. I went, oh, that wait, that's her. <laughs> like the scene uh, in the beauty salon. That's the one when, I think when, of too. When Vincent Price is playing the, shall we say, flamboyant hairdresser, mm-hmm. and she's playing his assistant, <laughs> and she's playing a man in that scene, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And the wonderfully sadistic pleasure that they're both taking in torturing this poor woman. But it's not only on screen. It's you can tell that the actors themselves are having a wonderful time playing this. And uh, they both said this was the best film they ever appeared in. And that's for me, for Diana Rigg to say that, having been in some of the things she was in, that's a big deal. Right. Like this horror movie that she's in, this 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 kind of slasher film, and she's so wonderful in it. Though, but they got they got to do a lot of things with it, and they got to play the Shakespearean tragedy with her death at the end, and all that. Yep. It's just, it's just some crazy crazy stuff. And let me say this before I forget: there's an element in this movie, and I don't know if it was there on purpose, but were you catching the vibe when he falls out of the window and fakes his own death and? These, these people find him on the riverbank. Did that remind you of anything in particular? It reminded me of something immediately. Mm, not off the top of my head. It reminded me of the cats in Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns when she becomes Catwoman and becomes almost kind of superhuman. Yeah. And he is found by these homeless people who then become his acting troupe and his accomplices. And yeah. he almost becomes superhuman in a way. You know? Good and, point, yeah. And uh, I don't know... Because we did Batman Returns on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing that anywhere. But right. when it was so striking. I saw it and I went, that's that's Selena Kyle. That's Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns coming back to yeah. life. And it, it felt so much like it. It wouldn't surprise me if Tim Burton had, had put that in there. You know, but no. uh, anyway, I, I wanted to make sure that we got that. Yeah, got that's that a good in point. There. Um, and finally, much ado about murder. <laughs> this film... <laughs> This film, of all the films that we've done on this show up to this point, we've done some movies. We've we and we've done some classic 
horror films on this show. We've done uh, slashers and, and chillers and thrillers. We've covered pretty much every genre, I think, on this show yeah. for the most part. And um, this has maybe my favorite kills. set of kills. I think mine too. And this is coming from somebody who really enjoyed maybe a little too much uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. <laughs> you know, because correct me if I'm wrong, was... Was Jason lives with an exclamation mark because you have to say it with an exclamation mark because it just deserves to be a musical. Yes. Um, I was going back through my memory. Was that the film we both enjoyed the most as far as like the creativity of the kills? Like just I think so. Yeah. And and I know you're like me in that story should always come first. And in the kills, creativity is great, especially in the slasher films. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it just gets, you know, it's human sacrifice yeah. for the horror gods. But I remember that one, both we were like, just so taken with <laughs> how violent and over the top it was and how it just reveled in its own, you know, cartoonishness, yes. you know, and it's in its own <laughs> grotesqueness, you know, and it was like, you can't help but respect something that, yeah, sinks so low exactly and and raises itself up you know like higher and i love that film i think it's a great artistic for real an so. artistic film this has my favorite set of kills of anything that we've seen and I it's know. not just like uh kind of going back into the slasher genre because i feel like this is a slasher film every one of those movies like halloween has that that signature kill you know he he uh he knifes the guy in the kitchen and he's up on the wall and he kind of mm-hmm. tilts the head Friday the 13th, for me, it's uh, the arrow coming up through, I think it was Kevin Bacon's you know, throat mm-hmm. uh, in that first Friday the 13th. In Elm Street, dude, which one? Pick one. You know, Tino on the Wall or right. Johnny Depp. You know, uh, they all kind of have that sign- that one signature kill. This one, all of them are just so... These are very memorable, too. Memorable, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're so bold. <laughs> Cutting a heart out. Killing the dude's dogs and putting them into the uh, soup or... Was it a soup? It was a soup. It was a or a pie. Uh, it was like, you, a, like a pot pie or something. Yeah, which I think comes out of uh, Titus, Titus and Andronicus. That, and then you've got, you know, you're moving somebody's head next to their sleeping wife. Like <laughs> that <gasps> scene was so funny too. When when they yeah when they get in there yeah and they drug the <laughs> wife and Diana Rigg her motions her movements really uh, she's playing as a comedy. Uh, I mean, she's. I, oh, I think it's. Absolutely. I think it's high comedy for her and Vincent Price too. But just look at the her disguise. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, yeah the head. Uh, the what was the one too where they had the guy like tied down and the knives came like right at him. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was just absolutely brutal. Just all of them. I mean, and really, you know, his death at the end too, falling, you know, falling into the fire and mm-hmm. all that was just was just too much. I mean, it's like man. But but. <laughs> All of them. Oh, and burning the lady in the beauty salon, you know, know. like electrocuting her. And they're all like creative. And the thing is, like, it's it's so funny to me because I was recently watching this series and Faith was watching this, too. And I'm going to recommend this to all everybody out there. If you've not seen this Mike Judge series, uh, Tales from the Tour Bus that aired on Cinemax in 2017 and 18, where he spotlights old um, uh country groups and then uh, funk groups and just tells stories about them. Really wonderful stuff as only Mike Judge can do. And, and if you like music and, and history, especially, you know, you're going to love this show. But he was talking at the beginning of the first season and he was talking about uh, NWA 
and gangster rap. And at the time, early nineties, uh, you know, everybody is, uh, you know, down on gangster rap and how it's all violent and all this, you know, and he says, and he switches the channel to the country music television. Johnny paycheck had just gotten out of prison. He had shot a guy, you know, (laughs) he says, well, how come nobody's on this guy? You know, and it's a valid point. Mm -hmm. So I'm using that as a jumping off point for, I'm watching this movie going, hold on. Like we teach Shakespeare in school. Like, middle school right you know like i oh yeah i vividly remember middle school like that's where we start teaching it and man this crap like because they're pulling right from shakespeare it's like man we're teaching kids this stuff yeah yeah it's like man it's it's dark (laughs) it is it's 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 very dark but and the thing is Another point I want to make, uh, I could be wrong about this, but what I know about Shakespeare is, listen, you know, it's considered high art now and this sacred thing. You know, back in the day, it wasn't a sacred thing. This was a guy making a buck, you know, putting on performances, you know, and it's no different than Wes Craven making A Nightmare on Elm Street, okay, and putting, you know, blood, you know, belching out of a bed, you know, and, you know, John Carpenter, you know putting the guy up on the kitchen well it's no different than that so i guess what i'm trying to say is like people who get down on horror movies in this violence it's like man this come on like you right know. <laughs> you should be reading shakespeare ah really like <laughs> and that's a conversation for another time but man the violence in the bible you know and, and in other sacred scriptures yep. it's there you know oh yeah but uh Getting back to what we were talking about, this movie's fantastic. This is an so absolutely good. fantastic movie. I hope that wasn't a tangent that I went off on there, but it just felt know. appropriate to this. <laughs> like that was well, this movie more than anything. You know, getting to see Diana Rigg again was, which was lovely, and uh, getting to see Vincent Price in a new light. And it's like, but the Shakespeare murders was just, <laughs> just a little too much. I know <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it's just so, like I said earlier, it's so unique. It's so different. It's so cool. It's bold, I feel this is, like. This it's, is a movie, uh, House of Wax, I, I do believe, is an essential viewing. I think Theater of Blood uh, <laughs> belongs on more lists. I think this movie is an essential mm-hmm. horror movie watch. I think this should be an essential watch for people who are just into movies. movies. I yeah. feel like this is a film that does transcend its genre. I think it's that good of a mm-hmm. film. This, this surprised the hell out of me. I knew this me was too. a good movie. It had been a long time since I'd seen it. I'm glad these were the two films that we we settled on for him. I'm so glad you picked. Them. Like I, I'm glad these were the two, and we're gonna we're gonna do more of him, uh, you know, as we roll on here. Uh, what a wonderful introduction to him! You get, um, as we said, it's House of Wax. It's kind of there. It's all there in the beginning. Here you get it. It's kind of funny. It's chilling. Mm-hmm. It's scary, and and it's macabre and. It's all here, and, and a lot of people consider this to be his best film. I, I, I'm not intimately familiar, as I said. Right. So, but uh, it, but it's just so good. It, <laughs> it would be hard, be hard to top this. It really would be. It. Faith, do you have anything you would like to add about Theater of Blood before we take a very short break? I think that's it. Normally, at this point in the evening, this would be a WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio news break. Well... We're not going to do that tonight. Instead, we have a very special presentation. This is from 1987. This was on the Joan Rivers show, the Halloween episode. She had Vincent Price on the show. And for the first time ever anywhere in front of a live audience, he did the thriller rap. So we're going to have that (laughs) here 
in its entirety. Enjoy it. This is uh, what a track. That's a, that's a, that's a, the fact that he's part of like, is it still the biggest selling album of all time? It, it was for a long I'm time. I don't sure. know if it is, but uh, what a wonderful, you know, kind of, kind of cherry on top of that career. I went and listened to it a few times the other day and just had it over and over. I'm, like, I'm serious. All joking aside, when I was a kid, I was four years old when Thriller came out and I would listen to it on a Walkman. I had a cassette copy. Everybody had a cassette copy <laughs> of it. Uh, it didn't matter where you lived. <laughs> you, had a, you had a copy of it. <laughs> And uh, I love the track Thriller, but he scared me. He would. He would scare me when that part came on. Just that voice and then that oh, laugh yeah. at the end just, <laughs> just really gets me. And the music video is wonderful. We need to cover mm-hmm. the music video at some point because John Landis directed that. I know. And, um, that's during the American Werewolf in London phase. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really – and that's what got him the Thriller gig. And Vincent actually makes an appearance in the Thriller music video. He's in zombie makeup. He, I think he closes the gate on the cemetery. Nice. But anyway, here, yeah, we, do, we need to do that for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do. Here it is for all of you out there Vincent Price, 1987, on the Joan River Show doing the thriller monologue. We will see you on the other side with the scores for the film and a preview of next week's show. I'm Dan. And I'm Faith. We'll see you on the other side. It's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And it's full moon. Yeah. And to have you sitting here and not do your part on Thriller would be a sin, which you've never done on television. I've never done it. No, I know, I know, I know. I beg you. Well, all right, I will. All right. All right. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. Grizzled ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, you have the scores for the films tonight. They were not in competition, but uh, yeah, we like to take all the 
elements and add them up and see what see what they total up to. Mm-hmm. So, how did House of Wax fare? And I know it it fared pretty well. Oh yeah, House of Wax came out at three point five. Would we give it? Uh, mangled hands, mangled. gnarly, gnarled mangled hands. There we go. There you go. That's what. It and got. how many? I already know the answer to this. Critics <laughs> Choice Awards. Uh, did it get four? It got four. <laughs> It got four. That's that's one of the best films we've done on on the show. I know. It really is. One of the it, best movies I've watched in a long time, it, really. It really has everything to do with the two of them. Yeah. And, and it is the two. He's great, but she's great. Yeah. She's great, too. So this this was great. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to Vincent. And, Me, too. Um, Me, too. Well, we're going to get to more of him in the future. And, again, I want to thank all of you out there for uh, tuning in, for letting us drone on in your ears for a little while. Uh, there's nothing better. I've been meaning to say this for a while. There's nothing better than talking about movies and there's nothing better than talking about movies with friends. Mm-hmm. Faith and I are so lucky. We get to do this on a weekly basis and we're so glad that all of you out there who are listening are tuning in on a regular basis. And we hope that this show gets you thinking about these movies, maybe in a different light or at least talking about them with friends. Right. And that's what all this is about, especially Absolutely. in these times. Because, you know, for some reason, they, they want us to keep us all separated. No, no, no. We don't want that. We want you to be communicating. And this is hopefully a great way for you to, to do that. Open up some avenues of discussion. Right, exactly. And uh, that's, that's what this is about. But thank you all sincerely for tuning in. We'd like for you to tune in next week. Because I think we have a pretty good one next week. I think we do. And it's going to be a onesie. <laughs> It was going to be a twosie, but we made the executive decision to just make it a onesie because we think we think the film is is that good. And the other one he watched and couldn't could barely get. We're not even going to name that film. We don't want to infuriate the masses. (laughs) Faith, we have a movie from 1996 from producer Robert Zemeckis from director Peter Jackson. It stars Michael J. Fox. Faith, what is next up? On the slab. The Frighteners. A horror comedy, a supernatural horror comedy about a psychic medium con man <laughs> facing down evil. <laughs> should be it should be a lot of fun. Thank you all sincerely for letting us chatter on a little bit in your ears. If you'd like to reach us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you tell us we're doing an awful job tell us we're doing a great job if there's something you would like for us to review let us know yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the films we've covered up to this point we'd love to hear your thoughts on vincent price we'd just love to hear from you (laughs) so there it is all right the frighteners is up next check out house of wax in theater of blood if you haven't faith it feels like it's that time doesn't it it does if we snap our fingers on the count of three can we make the magic happen can we make the music appear are we going one two three snap yes all right ready yes one two three it worked faith yes it did we're magic magic it's all in the snap thank you all again for tuning in thank you for listening and uh we hope all of you out there are happy healthy and safe and taking your vitamins faith let's do it take us home may your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm may the light of the moon keep you safe from harm be you vampire spook specter or beast always remember keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash see you on the other side